0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Afterglow Show. It's your favorite host, Stephen. And, you know, forgive the audio quality this week, but we have an extra special guest calling in all the way from Japan. My bestie from way back in middle school through today, you know, I can keep a friend. It's Sarah. Sarah, say hi.
1: Hi, everyone. Such an honor to be here.
0: It's an honor to have you, truly, because, uh, you know, I think many people will be surprised that I still talk to people that I knew in middle school and high school, so.
1: I'm surprised that I still talk to people that I knew in high school.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, when you grow up in a tiny little community, you just, you really form those strong bonds.
1: Those strong bonds, they just keep you going
0: yes they're unbreakable we have truly cemented our friendship um many many highs not not that many lows you know
1: I no think it's, I, don't, I, think it's been, I don't think yeah you come out and visit like what
0: I've three three times three, three times. times well three you know times. you're you're over there living my dream in japan I mean, in my dream, I'm, like, wealthy and I don't need to work, but, you know, you're halfway there. So Well, you're
1: living my dream in New York because you're in New York. And see? Wealthy. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Attempting to be. Um, you visited me here, too. You and, um, the, wait, you were not, you weren't married then. You were just fiancés
1: when you visited? We were just dating then, actually. Were you just yeah. dating?
0: Oh, were you not even, oh, okay, wow
1: yeah we weren't we weren't anything to each other Uh,
0: (laughs) just you know going on trips halfway around the world
1: yeah
0: you know that's that's more serious than i've ever been with anyone so um...
1: fueled by our mutual admiration (laughs) of new york
0: yes uh i remember you showed up to my office in like that godzilla onesie
1: oh my gosh (laughs) i forgot about that
0: because it was like cold and you didn't have a jacket
1: it was cold and i was in new york and just letting it all go
0: there are definitely weirder things. I mean, there probably weren't weirder things happening in my building, but there are definitely weirder things going on in New York. So
1: I felt, I felt, I felt a little strange walking up to the security guard of your office and being like, "Someone is expecting me dressed like this."
0: <laughs> there could have been like a have children's a party.
1: <laughs> I have a reason to be here at eleven thirty at night, dressed in a dinosaur onesie. Let me in.
0: <laughs> they fil- They do film things near my office so maybe they someone have, would yeah. think that it
1: they, they, were, yeah. they,
0: did, they took a picture
1: oh, yeah.
0: uh, great so let's uh, let's like rewind because I do want to talk about your now husband a little bit but let's rewind to back when he was just say he's just a friend when he was just a friend and okay. you were new in Japan and like dating because you moved to Japan the same time that I started law school, I think. Or yeah. maybe yeah, right before or like um maybe did you move there in twenty twelve
1: or twenty thirteen? Twenty
0: late twenty twelve. Okay. So I wasn't yet in law school yet. I was uh, working before law school, but I was like applying to law schools and you went to Japan. So twenty twelve was like the beginning, I think, of what we know as like app culture. Really Why? like the tenders and things like I know like for me I wasn't on it but like Grindr had come out but we were seeing like the like the dominance of like smartphones like more so because I think like when we were in college people were starting to get them but they were still kind of pricey
1: yeah it was not not something you could do as a college student really
0: yeah I mean you know unless mommy and daddy were like funding you I remember my friend like her parents like kept replacing her smartphone she kept breaking and I was like damn you have money (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah I actually didn't get my first smartphone until I came here and it was like oh gosh it was like uh, I think it was an LG LG smartphone back when there were like
0: more than like I mean not that there are only two makers but really like you think there's Samsung and there's Apple
1: yeah, back in the day there was, no, like was everyone like,
0: was, was trying to make one
1: everyone was making smartphones and, and I ever been different
0: features
1: yeah and it was like I remember it was like so expensive and it, it did nothing like looking back like it was, it was really nothing
0: <laughs> it's so funny because like the idea of a smartphone now like the things that a smartphone does now through like apps and things is amazing mm-hmm. but Japanese phones were doing like crazy shit back when they were flip phones like you could watch tv on that like the Japanese have yeah. always had very advanced phones.
1: When I was a student here, I remember being shocked by people, like, people were, like, serving the internet on their phones in, like, in 2010, like, watching TV on the train. On the on the flip phone. <laughs>
0: yeah. I remember you, You, I think we were talking, maybe when you were studying abroad or something, you are like, there's so many, like, extra functions. If you push, like, three buttons in a row, you end up, like, in some other menu.
1: Oh, yeah. And I was like, was... what? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, there was, like... The TV setting and the radio setting,
0: and uh, <laughs> see now you can do all that stuff. But it's like your phone could probably do it on its own. But now it's like, oh no! Like I go to like my Netflix app. I go to my yeah, YouTube app. app. I go to, yeah, but then it was just like, no, my phone just comes with like a hookup to my cable provider. Like <laughs> okay, so you know the app culture. Like you got your first smartphone. Did you start? Did you think? oh, like, now I can date? Or were you like, I need to, like, meet people? Because you were kind of out in, like, the boonies when you first
1: arrived. Yeah, when I first came, I wasn't... I, I didn't get Tinder until pretty late, actually, until it, after... It didn't, really, it didn't really blow up here until after it was already really popular in the States. And then, like, I, I, I'd, like, hear about it, and then it wasn't until I moved closer to the city that I actually started using dating apps myself because like in the country, in the countryside, there was just, there's nobody, there was nobody, nobody, nobody on them, nobody around, just nobody around. Right.
0: I mean, that's, that's the problem with the countryside.
1: Yeah. And so I didn't really, it was pretty late in the game, I guess, probably around 2014 when I started using Tinder. And I mean, at first it was, you know, it was it was so much fun. It was like eating potato chips.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that swiping is so addictive. You're
1: swiping, you're like, oh, I just got some time, let's see what there is. And and everyone was on it too.
0: Right. The gamification of like dating. Because before you have to like go out and meet people or you have to be super serious. I think I had like an OK Cupid account.
1: Yeah, and in here they have like they have things like um like I guess they're kind of like speed dating in the U.S., but they have like like face-to-face meetups where you go and as like a, you're like, I'm a 20-something single and you're eligible to sign up for this like meetup party at a random restaurant somewhere in the city and you just go and you meet people, which sounds terrifying. <laughs>
0: that's so funny that that's terrifying because I feel like now that apps are so prevalent, there's like a resurgence of this kind of, like blind oh, like face-to-face dating, yeah. like face to face meetup thing, in um, and it's but it's been like repackaged as you know, like bespoke professionals that yeah, like cut like through the clutter. A
1: thing. Yeah, it's Get like away um, from the, the depersonalization of dating,
0: yeah, yeah. it's like matchmaking, <laughs> yeah, it's like matchmaking without the instantly you're going on a blind date. It's like you know, I have curated.
1: Yes, people. Have a <laughs> list of eligible partners that fit yes. your criteria, which has yes. always kind of been a thing here. Like, they've had matchmaking here for kind of a traditional thing that people do here when they want to yeah. get married. They have like an arranged meeting that the parents usually put together.
0: Yeah, what was it called an OMI?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's still a thing that people do.
0: Did you ever go to any of these, like, in-person kind of, like, singles meetups? Are they, like, no Westerners allowed?
1: Um, There are ones that were, like, foreigner-friendly, but it was... I had friends. I had friends that would go to them, and it was, I think, it, it was a little hard to go to ones that were not, like, specifically geared towards foreign foreign people or expats, because... Mm-hmm. The, if you don't speak, first of all, if you don't speak Japanese, the, the the chances of your your partner speaking English or whatever language you speak are pretty low. Right. And so there's that there's that wall there, and then like I don't know, I guess people would be kind of shocked if you were like a foreigner and you showed up at a at a speed dating event, and be like, well, why? Why are you here?" <laughs> Right. Yeah, They were doing it, but they didn't, they didn't really have any, I never heard any, any good stories about it. They were always like, yeah, it was like weird and awkward. And I didn't really understand like what was going on or what I was supposed to do. felt like everyone else knew what was going on. I didn't know what was going on. So I was like, well, that, that doesn't sound like fine.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's no fun to be the odd person out and think, I don't, I feel that way, you know, Less wholesome than dating, but like going to like certain more like sex focused events.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like the first episode of the podcast, we went, I went to Mal with my friend. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember Brian. That.
0: And we were like, uh, what do we do? Because it's, it's very much so kind of a community of people, maybe who mm-hmm, like end up mm-hmm. going to these things and know kind of the etiquette or like yeah, and the there's rules a lot of un- and each of- other.
1: Like these kinds of situations. And I feel like in Japan, especially. The unspoken rule is is a tenet of almost any social interaction that you have, especially with dating and relationships. So, like, I could never, I just never felt comfortable enough to break into that scene on my own. I mean, I'd, I know some people that probably have done it and then they said they enjoyed it, but, like, I, I, couldn't, I could never. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's,
0: like, a high barrier to entry. You have to really be the kind of person who can, like, thrive in that mm-hmm. environment or, like, is not bothered by the potential, like, awkwardness and uncertainty, which is a great, you know, quality to have. I personally don't have, I can't even talk to, like, someone in a bar in America in English. Like, and then I know all the social cues. I'm just like, no. No. no, No. (laughs) no." So. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I would just, I never just, that much of a go getter, but yeah, like once I downloaded Tinder, you know, it was like, like candy, for like the first six or seven months, right? Just <laughs> and and then like it was it was really getting popular in Japan when I was getting on it as well. So like there were all these people on it, and you know, you you match with basically everyone. Like
0: oh, especially as a woman.
1: Yes, like you match with if you everyone like everyone. That you That I would swipe on, like I would match with them, and then you of course not everyone talks to you, but then like you're getting you're getting messages from people like all the time, and it was really really fun at first, you yeah, know? it's
0: kind of a rush, it's like oh it, these people is. are like it's like all a lot of like instant validation yeah
1: yes, yes. It's very much it's very much that kind of uh... i want i want
0: ask is is the dick pick as popular? in japan in japanese like dating did you no. get like unsolicited dick pics
1: no i did not that was that was one thing that i felt was pretty different from a lot of the experiences that i've heard of people using it in the states was there was not that sort of what that sort of unsolicited
0: <laughs> right, kind like, of uh, stuff on there
1: like sexual I feel like that would, forwardness and that, that would be manner. that would be seen as as being too, too forward or too much here. Like mm. I think, I mean, of course, of course when you talk with like other, other foreign people, if I, if I match with foreign guys, you know, they would like, they would send me pictures of themselves or whatever, but Japanese guys, I never got any, any dick pics. No.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, I don't have a lot of hookup experience in Japan actually. Because normally (laughs) I'm coming and I'm staying with you. I have not really been on my own exploring, like, or been staying in the city center where I can get out and just
1: Mm -hmm. find
0: local gays or be on the apps. Yeah, yeah. So I can't say that I myself have received any... Because people on Grindr, Scruff, they will start messages by just sending you pictures of their hole, their dick, their ass, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. But I don't think I really get that when I am in um when I'm in Japan. I think I got a little bit more of it when we were in Seoul. But again, not but, a lot. But... More more things started yeah, with it's... with a conversation. I think Maybe I... not a lot of conversation, but at least mm-hmm. a bit.
1: Yeah. It's it's definitely probably a cultural thing. And I think it's definitely attitudes towards like, especially that sort of explicit, like sexual stuff is much, much more conservative here than is in the states.
0: Which is so funny because Japanese porn is wild.
1: No, it's, it's very interesting because it's very, everything is very compartmentalized here. Like you're, you have every situation you have what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And then if you have your, your crazy, wild, kinky stuff, that's totally okay, but as long as you do it in the appropriate spaces. And Mm. someone that you're meeting, uh, talking to on an app for the first time would not be an appropriate space to send a picture of your dick.
0: Oh. So interesting, because I feel that the more Western view, or maybe not view, but the idea is... That because you don't know this person, you can get away with yeah. doing these things. Even though I do wonder, straight men, like for gay men, okay, send me a picture of your ass in the first thing. I generally <laughs> don't respond unless you send me like, hey, but if you send me an ass first and then say hey, then okay, great, we're
1: cooking. But
0: straight men, does sending women your dicks ever get you the response you want?
1: I wouldn't know because it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't do anything for me. If but I have, but men are just generally excited about their penises. I feel like in general, so straight men, gay men.
0: Yes. No. Our entire like eighty yeah, percent of our nice. lives revolve around our penis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it
0: cool. just it's just a fact. Um, I'm suddenly reminded by. Uh, do you remember chat roulette? Of course. <laughs> I remember. I was with a girlfriend of mine in college. We are at the front desk of a dorm. She was working, and I was sitting there. We got a chat roulette, and we just got a chat roulette to see how many dicks we could encounter. And it was a lot.
1: You could find a lot, yeah. You would just just shuffle, and it'd be like, oh, well, well, then.
0: Hola, Hola, penis.
1: Hello. Como
0: esta? Yeah. So it's it's very interesting. Is it just, is it a, I wonder if it's, is it a voyeurism thing? Like, the idea that people, or is it, like you're getting off on the idea of people watching you, or is it a power and control thing you want to like make people uncomfortable with your penis? Or is it truly a out of the hundred people I show my penis to, I will find the one who is also interested in my penis and then we will be able to fuck.
1: Then we will be soulmates. I will find my soulmate if I show yes. the camera on my penis.
0: The person the person who is turned on or intrigued by this is the person for me.
1: Will connect through my dick.
0: Yeah. Dick's bringing people together.
1: I mean, it could happen, right? Why not try it? I just, (laughs)
0: I do wonder where the genesis of this action is psychologically. Is it just for shits and giggles? Is it truly searching for something? Or is there something more sinister? I I do wonder. I need to, Uh, I need to interview a straight man. I need to find a straight man.
1: Love. I love it so much. Why wouldn't anyone else feel the same way?
0: True. I, yeah, no, I'm (laughs) never, even on apps, I'm very rarely incentivized, first of all, to message someone myself. But second, never am I, let me just send this person my penis unless they ask. I mean, sometimes after we've been chatting, I will send my penis because we've been chatting and gotten off topic and I need to bring it back. Because, oh, your day is good, great. I'm glad you're eating dinner. I don't care. Are we going to fuck? So then it's like, Oh, you're eating dinner. Well, you could eat this, and then I send my deck. Like, <laughs> hey. Well,
1: well. well hint. hint. <laughs> wink, wink. Well then. Nudge, nudge. Well then. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I never, I never had any of that here from from any of the Japanese or otherwise people that I met on Tinder. I did get asked my height a lot. A lot of guys are really sensitive about their height here. Really? Yes. That became, uh, that became like, like a measuring stick for me. Like, If a guy asked me about my height, I would like, be like, mm, okay, this guy's insecure about his height. Maybe not so interested. <laughs>
0: that is so funny because I think that that is kind of the opposite for straight women in the U.S. where I know a lot of female friends who have height requirements for their men or at least purport to do.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty short, so I I've never had any sort of height requirement.
0: Oh no, and I have I-, I have girlfriends who are you know five five, and they're like, well, my man needs to be at least six feet. And it's like, bitch, why?
1: <laughs> See, in Japan, you'd have a really hard time finding the man of your dreams.
0: But and no. then also in the gay community, like people height, I don't know, is a. I wonder. If, I think people. Well, tall guys want other tall guys, but then I think people associate height with like, like dominance or
1: toppiness. Yeah, like mas like masculinity, like a t- like a tall, tall, strong man is going to be able to sweep you off your feet and, and carry you, and yeah, he's going to like threshold. fuck you till your back break. Like, well, yeah, I guess. But-, but there's
0: no really no correlation. There are really tall guys who love. To get, like, to bottom, to just get fucked, to be, like, submissive. There are yeah. short guys who are dom. Yes, there is well, yeah, nothing. That, that, I feel like that, people, people, but... people, yes, people get pushed into certain roles based on their body types and the way they look and mm-hmm. assumptions and stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But there's not a personal correlation between what you like and what you Look like I think it's more yeah. of a no, it's what I'm... you like it's what you look <laughs> like and what you are called upon to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, that was one one experience I had. I had I I went on a couple dates with a guy who was like a bodybuilder, and he was like ah. he had a great body. Like he was, I mean, he was he was he was dumb as a bag of rocks, but he <laughs> was he sweet great... at least. <laughs> uh, I guess. But the first thing he asked me he was like he, the first thing he said to me was like thank God you're shorter than me. And I was like, what?
0: Really? Are Japanese (laughs) women, are Japanese women tall? Or are they just around the same height as the men?
1: They're around the same height, I guess. And I guess probably women want, women here also want like a man who is taller than them. But Mm. like, I, I don't really care about that, but like men that that cared about that, that was kind of, that was kind of a turnoff for me. I was like, "Why, why, why do you, why is the first thing you say to me, thank God you're shorter than me? I was like, um, you're welcome, I guess.
0: Blame my parents?
1: Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't choose this life.
0: <laughs> it chose me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. And then, like, of course, like, a lot of people are using Tinder to hook up. Like, it was mainly, like, a hookup tool. But then, like, people would pretend that was not what they were about like they'd like go out and they'd be like oh you you know you're so nice you're so whatever you're so blah 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 and i'd be like okay are we gonna are we gonna hook up or what like
0: <laughs> you'd be like okay would, so where is like, the hotel
1: gasp clutch my pearls what you what do you mean like were you interested in having sex i'm like yeah what what is this what are we doing were, here <laughs> are you not are you not are you interested
0: not? in having sex yeah
1: where, i mean it would, did you
0: i just want to say do you think that they were like you said people pretend do you think that they just wanted to be the person to initiate the sex, or they were just gonna dance around it, and you would never have gotten there had you not forced the question.
1: I don't, I don't think we would have never gotten there if I had forced the question. But I feel like they wouldn't, they wouldn't come out and say it. Be like, go out for, let's let's go out for dinner, and then we'll have a lot to drink, and then we'll go somewhere else, and we'll drink some more, and then oh, maybe we'll end up in a hotel. Like there wouldn't be any like talk about it, and like for me that was kind of I didn't like that because you know. Hmm. I like to go out and have time have a good time and get drunk, but you know, like I don't know you. <laughs> right.
0: You don't want to just keep drinking until oh our inhibitions are low enough that we finally admit what we want. It's you know, we're adults, let's you know, we can drink and have a good time, but let's just be upfront with what's gonna go down.
1: Yeah, and I mean it, if I drink a lot, usually I don't enjoy it either because you know, I'm just I'm just drunk, you know.
0: You're, uh yes, no, I I do
1: not I do not have a good time having mm. sex
0: when I'm drunk same here like it yeah. could be f- I think i enjoy i think I find it easier to connect with people when I'm drunk, so I like that I'm less guarded, I'm more open, mm-hmm.
1: yeah,
0: which makes for like i guess better interpersonal relations, but it makes sex like crap because yeah. I feel so out of control I'm just like I'm like yeah. weirdly kind of like numb, I'm just yeah I don't, like. Love it so oh. now I just have sex sober, but I'm not really. It's harder to get a connection with someone, which is fine because I'm not looking to date. But it's mm-hmm. it's a very interesting dichotomy. I felt mm-hmm. like more connected to the people maybe that I had spent time like drinking with because I also
1: yeah well, like you're, it was more like an in person mm-hmm. right yeah now
0: it's like I select someone off an app or someone selects me off an app and it's like cool
1: yeah hey. Problem solved. But no, that was I, that was another thing here. It was very much oh let's go out and let's have some drinks and then we won't talk about it or anything. But we'll we'll go to like a hotel or something like that. And then so like one time I was like I talked to a guy about it. I was like like so not, you're not not interested in having sex with people. He was like I think he like he like spit out his drink. It was it was pretty funny. Actually. <laughs> I mean he, he this this guy was kind of cute, but he like. She like, was like, sex, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. But yeah, that's, that's what we're here for, right? But.
0: I will, one thing that this is making me think of is when, I think it was the first time I went to Japan when I was visiting you, and we were in, I think we were in Donkey, um, no. and condoms came in like a three-pack, and that was like the oh, most- yeah. Like the biggest pack of condoms you could buy was three. Yes, I was floored. How is that enough condoms? And they were so expensive.
1: Yeah, it's it's not enough. And yeah, that's another thing here. Like people, people are not like people are not bothered about. I will say people, a lot of people who a lot of men who are on Tinder app on Tinder or like dating apps or or were when I was using it, they Mm -hmm. were like not. Yeah, I have to be like, "Hey, whoa! Like, where's the condom? Like, what? We're not going to use a condom? Like, <laughs> I don't have any. You don't have any. Well, then I guess we're not having any. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well, too bad for everyone. Yeah, that's... gosh. I think that that's kind of a. I don't want to say that's a straight problem, but I do think. And obviously, with the advent of PrEP, the usage of condoms in the gay community is now entirely all over the place. Mm
1: -hmm. But I
0: think that because of the way that HIV and AIDS is presented as the sexually transmitted infection that you cannot get rid of and is like the be-all, end-all, and it is so framed in messaging as a gay issue.
1: Yeah, which it's not. (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) which it is not at all. Now, they but it's like not so framed <laughs> in the media as a gay issue that mm-hmm. a lot of straight um, people will not use condoms because, oh, you know, if oh, the what? woman is on birth control, like you know, as long as there's no baby, what what's the worst that could happen?
1: But here, birth control isn't even a big thing. So, like, I don't I don't understand it at all. Like.
0: Where are all the teen pregnancies?
1: I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they, they don't have them. People are not having sex. <laughs> I mean, I guess they are, but... it's. I don't know. I feel like it's not... It's not a thing here. So much. And, like, I remember being surprised. Like, because when I was... I tried... I had to get birth control here. Like, it was, it was a process. And then, like, same thing with the condoms. You can only get... You can buy... Three months of birth control, at the most. Like, I'm like, so I have to come back here every three months and pay a hundred bucks for, <laughs> for for ninety pills.
0: Wow, right. oh. that's you can't just automatically renew your prescription.
1: No, you have to go and you you have to go and like Japan is really tight like on all forms of medication. Like, they give you really small amounts. And they do like regular blood work. Like I've gotten my I've gotten so much blood work done. It's like I'm here because every every six months I have to have like a man, mandatory blood blood test to keep using birth control.
0: Wow, that's I mean I get blood work done every three months because I'm on prep,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's but that's mainly first it's like a full STD screen to make sure that I haven't contracted anything and that I'm still mm-hmm. HIV negative because otherwise you can't be on prep. You need to get on. Um, actual antiretrovirals mm-hmm. and then you um then because prep can be hard on some people's kidneys they do like blood work to make sure like my really? kidney function and everything is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like now I go every 3 months. And luckily I got over my I got over a majority of my fear of needles when I ended up kind of uh, hospitalized in college, but it's uh it's still a lot of a lot of poking.
1: It is. Yeah, it's it's very very invasive, and I—I I mean, I think I don't know. I just felt like when I was going to get birth control, they were like, they were like all these. It was—I felt it was very invasive. They were like before before I got it, like I had to have like a mandatory pap smear before I could even get birth control. And then they were like, "Why do you want it?" And here is how much do you want? And I'm like, "How much can I have?" <laughs> Three months. <laughs> And insurance doesn't cover it because it's, it's a non-necessary medication. And I'm like, it's necessary mm. for me. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: do you feel like it was invasive in the way that we think of maybe more conservative elements in the U.S. want to make like reproductive health care onerous and invasive? Or was it just more, I mean, more bureaucratic, less judgment? Maybe that's the dichotomy I'm trying to think of.
1: I mean, it it probably is just a bureaucratic thing, but I definitely took it the former way because Mm. I am American. I'm like, oh, no, this is all about how Japan wants people to have, wants women to make babies and doesn't want want them to be able to not make babies, which, I mean, I don't know if it's that at all, but that's definitely how I felt.
0: That's probably, maybe it's, I'm not, you know, you know better than me about Japan's um, political climate, but... I will say it's probably heavily influenced by the fact that Japan has very rarely ever had any women in significant places in political power. So, there's no there's no like um, female perspective when it comes to the passing of these regulations, I would think. Or, you know, that's another potential explanation. It's not necessarily, it's not a Obviously, it's not a religious conservative kind of background, but, you know, the idea that men would not think that these things are such a big deal is not Mm -hmm. at all hard to believe.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure that's part of it. but Yeah, I mean, so, like, getting birth control was was a pain. But I did it. I managed it.
0: Yes, and you are child-free to this day.
1: I am child-free to this day. Thank God. <laughs> uh,
0: so how did how did things end with the bodybuilder?
1: The bodybuilder was annoying, so <laughs> <laughs> the bodybuilder was, was, was very cute but and very, very built, but like unfortunately had I don't know, like so we would go out and he like he had like a really nice motorcycle and he would like let me ride on the back of his motorcycle. And that oh, was all that very sounds nice. sounds hot already. Yeah, oh my gosh, it was so nice. It was so nice. But then we would go out to dinner, and he would, like, we would go to, like, he would, like, take me to, like, hey, I know this great chain restaurant. And then we would, Wait, like... I'm sorry,
0: a great chain restaurant?
1: Yeah, we went to, like, chain restaurants. And then... <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is my favorite franchise of this restaurant.
1: Yeah, we would go to chain restaurants, and... And he wouldn't pay for me, which, like, I'm not one of those people, like, who expects the guy to pay, but I'm like, we're going to a chain restaurant, and we're, we're, we're doing this Dutch, like, really? Really? Ooh. And then, and then he would always be like, he would always comment on what I was eating, because he was a bodybuilder, right? So He was always eating, like, really high protein, and salads, and, like, he would always comment on what I ate, and I was like, okay, no. <laughs>
0: wow, that's a lot
1: yeah and then not even a
0: motorcycle is going to make up for that
1: yeah and he was kind of dumb unfortunately i mean like i told him to stop messaging me and he was like oh okay i understand how you feel and the next day he messaged me like good morning beautiful how are you
0: (laughs) (laughs) you do not understand how i feel
1: you do not understand how i feel i had to block him
0: that's that's fair. Sometimes I just stop mm-hmm. responding to people, but they keep messaging you, and you just sit there and think, "Can't you take a hint?" Yeah, no. I, was, I, I thought it was just polite to no longer I, respond to you, but maybe. Yeah.
1: I. No, because also then, the
0: moment you tell someone you don't want to talk to them, then then they get all defensive and mean. So, I could not talk to you. I could tell you why I'm not talking to you, and then you could attack me, or I could just block you. But I sometimes I'm think blocking is an overreaction so i just don't respond
1: yeah right yeah i mean i don't know this that 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 man was i was like okay you know we had a good time but i'm not interested i don't really want to continue this he's like oh okay i'm sorry you feel that way and then like the next day he messaged me and then i and i got mad i was like don't don't talk to me anymore he was like (coughs) i thought i thought women liked it when like Men chased them, and I was like, "No!"
0: <laughs> not after I told you not <laughs> no, to.
1: I was not. I was not playing hard to get. <laughs> this is not a bit. It's not acting. I was very, very serious.
0: Oh no, Japan, where no still means yes.
1: Yeah, no still means yes. Yeah, I remember I blocked him, and then he like was messaged me on Facebook, and I was like, "No, it's just no."
0: Oh, wow, that man was really chasing you.
1: He was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: were there any perspectives before your now husband came back into your life?
1: Mm, There were a couple people that I was seeing pretty regularly for, for like six or seven months, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it just never, a big thing here I think is there are a lot of people that like are looking for relationships, especially men, like men, really are like looking for relationships, but like work culture here is a really big part of life. Like in that it is, it is your life. And I feel like a lot of people are want the, want a relationship, but they don't want to work less Mm. to be in a relationship. So like I was dating a bunch of guys who were like, like in finance and you know, like, like working with like, like working in venture capital or whatever. And they were really nice guys and we got along great, but like they were just always busy, always working. And like it was like, you know, I'll go out with you when I'm not working, which is never.
0: Right. They weren't making time for a relationship, even though they said they wanted one.
1: Yeah. And I had a friend too who was dating a guy and he like moved in with her and it seemed like it was getting really serious, but then they ended up breaking it off because he was just, Once they started living together, he was just never around and always gone and always at work. And she was like, no, I don't want to I don't want to play second fiddle to work. I want to be I want you to take time for me. And he was like, I want to focus on work. Which is
0: which is a fair thing to want, but don't Mm -hmm. subject someone else to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot of like being in a relationship and being married is a status thing, right?
0: -hmm. And
1: especially here, you're like established,
0: you're you're dependable, you're doing all the right social markers. You're doing the
1: right stuff, you're working hard, you have a wife, she's at home, she's making your dinner. You know,
0: you're settled, like like they used to say in the old days, like, oh, this man is dependable, he's settled.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna go off and do something crazy because you're unmarried or single, which
0: Mm. which addles the brain. Yeah, (laughs) singledom,
1: all that singleness. Who knows what you're doing when you're not at work, probably just sleeping, wishing you were working less. But yeah, like I've heard that a lot with, especially with men where they're like, they want a relationship, but they're not willing to put in the time to take time off work and do it. And then women, women don't want to be housewives.
0: Fair. Fair. Especially also, I mean, not to say especially, but when, you know, you're taking care of a house and then the person that you're ostensibly, you know, doing all of the stuff for is never there to appreciate all the stuff you've done. Yeah. You're just supposed to be alone
1: all the time. Or taking care of the kids or also working (laughs) and taking care of the kids, but have to make dinner and stuff. That was, that was the thing actually with, with my last my last boss, he was, he was an older guy, kind of old fashioned. And he was like, Oh, you're working so late. Who's going to make dinner tonight? And I was like, no, haha, my husband makes dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he would always like, I mean, it was always, it was very well-meaning, like kind of like grandfatherly questioning, but it was always like, Oh, what's, what's, what's your husband's favorite meal that you make? Like, what are you good at making? <laughs> what do you do uh-huh. for your husband? Doesn't he worry when you're working late? And I'm like,
0: I pour cereal really well.
1: No. <laughs> I'm going to buy dinner. <laughs> I buy have great dinner.
0: taste in the hot food section of the grocery store.
1: Yeah, I can go, tell go when that
0: rotisserie chicken is fresh.
1: We're going to go to the basement of the department store and we're going to pick up a nice bento. We're going to show our love with the, the $12 bento. <laughs> See,
0: that's so fair. It's so interesting because, I mean, I guess, you know, it gets expensive to eat out all the time, but obviously people in New York do that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a big culture. New York is eating out all the time. But Japan has such a great food culture. Like the idea that, like, I'm surprised it's, you know, very much eat at home, eat at home, eat at home, when lots of couples in New York, which, you know, is less dense than parts of Tokyo and Japan, Eat out all their meals or pick up things, or you know, people work late, so I'm eating at the office. Okay, well, I'm going out with friends, or
1: oh, people definitely eat out all meals here. It's like, it's also like if you don't have time to go home and make dinner, that means like it's because you're working so hard. I don't even have time to go home and make dinner, I'm just gonna go to the convenience store and
0: praise buy something and heat it up. I'm so dedicated,
1: yeah. No, it's the thing, like where I work, that's what people do, like all the young single guys they like they like like when i'm getting ready to leave they're like oh we're gonna go to the convenience store buy dinner are you gonna call them like no i'm gonna go home
0: <laughs> capitalism is killing us
1: yeah i mean it's it's not it's like seen as unhealthy but it's also seen as like a mark of your dedication
0: no it's so true it's still very true you know as a lawyer obviously my job is based on billing as much time as possible. But there are all of these, you know, people are like, you know, work-life balance, you know, the buzzwords, you know, mm-hmm. mental health, mm-hmm. all these things, take care of yourself. But then the expectation is still, but don't don't forget about the work. Like, yeah. you have to do all this work and it's all about, you know, paying your dues and
1: mm-hmm. yada, yada,
0: all this other bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, take time for yourself, take all your vacation. But you know, really don't 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 do that because we need you. And people do it it
1: when when we're busy.
0: (laughs) Right? I was billing oh, I billed so much this last month. I've just all anyone can talk about is how much they're fucking billing. And it's so stupid. I, you know, personally don't bill that much. I'm like I'm happier for it. And I'm still unhappy. But really, why? What is what is that going to do for me i really made you know not as a lawyer in new york i am well compensated but it has really made me realize that money is you know i could say this as someone who has not had to worry about money now but Mm -hmm. it's much less important than i thought it was obviously you need a certain amount to like keep you in like you know Mm -hmm. pay your bills pay your loans you know pay your rent all that good stuff i really appreciate that but the the incremental value of like this extra money is so yeah, much well, less than I had like yeah. conceptualized when I was younger.
1: Mm, I totally understand what you mean. I've been feeling that too recently as well, where I'm like worried about money and thinking I should be saving more. Should I be investing or should I be doing this? Or should I be doing that? And then my husband has this friend who's like, who's really wealthy. And he has like, he has, he's so worried about money. All the time worried about money. And I'm like, why are you worried about money for? You have so much money. He's like, really worried about it. And I'm like, I guess it's not. You no, well, he's got all that money and it's not. Hey, <laughs> he's not. Just... I wouldn't say he's any happier than I am. Yeah,
0: it's wild. You get, you know, if you get like a raise every year, you just get more money. You like maybe change the way you live. And then you have to keep making that amount of money to maintain that lifestyle. You just... You know, capitalism encourages you to consume more, buy more, have nicer things. You get accustomed to the nice things. What do you do without them? You need them. So then you worry about Mm -hmm. the money.
1: Yep. Man, we've we've done a twist here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, what I really need is someone else to worry about the money for me. So any sugar daddies.
1: Yes. Any any older gentlemen who are living comfortably and... Want to pay me? Hang, hang out with them mm-hmm. in a non-sexual way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I am potentially willing to do sexual favors. That is to be negotiated. But uh, yeah, it's you know, it's it's wild. So none of those, none of those finance, finance VC guys worked out. And now you're now you're married. So how did you? Oh.
1: <laughs> how did you like
0: know your husband was like well how did you know first of all that you were going to start dating him how did you two like cuz you two were friends you had known each other beforehand
1: Yeah And, and then actually, so how did We actually like hooked up once and then he like moved back to where he was from like way mm-hmm. down way down south in Skolka and I was like well that's the end of that <laughs> And then like it was like a year or so later he was like hey i will quit my job and things aren't going so well and I'm thinking of like coming back up to Tokyo and I was like oh really wow that's great if you ever come up here you can like crash with me or whatever and he was like yeah yeah maybe I will maybe I'll ride my bike and I was like
0: "That's <laughs> like so Forrest Gump
1: <laughs> I mean it makes perfect sense for your
0: husband knowing him but it's so Forrest Gump
1: I mean and like for 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 Japanese non Japanese geography fans out there, like it's it's about six hundred mile bike ride. Like it was not 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 a not an easy thing to do. But yeah, he was like, and then the next day he was like, hey, I'm on my way. I'll be there in like two weeks, I think. And then he was, and then he never left.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna crash with you, and by crash I mean marry
1: yeah well, like so he came and he was like not working or doing anything and then I was like, okay, well, you know you can you can stay here for a little while or whatever and he was like, I'll help out and I'll cook and I'm like, cook yeah.
0: <laughs> Earn your keep <laughs> And he, he,
1: he did cook and he cooked very well and then like he found a job and he started working and then like so we were we were living together comfortably and then what happened was, I mean like you asked like how, how do you know when you're ready to marry someone? And like, Mm -hmm. I was, you know, you think about it like, oh, like, how is it going to be? Like you play it out, like, oh, it's going to be like this. And we're going to talk like this. And what actually happened, it was nothing like that. It was so much more painfully practical. And what (laughs) happened was, (laughs) what happened was my dad got sick and I was like, well, my dad's sick, and I don't know. Like, I'm probably going to have to be going back home a lot from here on out. And, you know, like, if you're not, if you're not going to be, if you're not into all that, I, I understand. I totally understand. But, like, you know, this is what I'm going to have to deal with. And if you want to stay here with me, then that's great. But you just, just have to know that this is what I'm going to be dealing with. And I'm probably going to be going home and having to deal with, like, caretaking and and these parts and all this stuff that's going to be going on. He was like, okay, well, let's get married. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay. (laughs) Well, that's like
0: romantic in a way.
1: Yeah, and I was like, but I want a ring. I want a nice ring.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget about the bling.
1: Don't don't forget about the ring like i want you to propose properly and he did he like he like was like oh next weekend i'm gonna be going home for the weekend and i was like you're gonna be going home like i like it was like a long weekend and i planned for us to like do something together and he's like i'm going home because if i don't go home now i won't be able to see my family until next year or something like that i'm like okay fine whatever and i like Called him when he was at home, and I was like, oh, did you meet up with all the people that you wanted to meet up with? And he's like, oh, no. And I was like, "Well, what would you go for? <laughs> but <laughs> when he came back, he, like, got in his mother's engagement ring. Aww. Like, gotten her, like, told her that he was going to propose, and she gave him the ring that she, I guess she chose it herself. And he got it, and he brought it back, and he proposed. With a bag of chips. He hid it in a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my pajamas. Everyone was like, "Oh, did you get pictures of the proposal?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> I was in my pajamas.
0: <laughs> you didn't set up a
1: camera. No. No, like I wasn't expecting it at all. But yeah, and that's how that's how it happened. And then like after that, it was like God, oh yeah, I was like let's get married next year. So it was like we planned the wedding in like 7 months.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember because you had come home for Christmas with him. Yep. That year yep. and you were like, yeah, so we're engaged and we're going to get married before next year. We're like, how? Yeah,
1: I was like, well, it's going to it's gonna happen. <laughs> and it, it did happen.
0: So. And it was lovely and I was in your wedding party. Oh, thank so you. thank yes,
1: you. It such an honor. Such an honor.
0: Yes, I have the photos are like uh you sent me some photos I think and they're in my uh apartment. I'm like I think they're sitting on my dresser. Uh, yeah. I don't really have any anything framed in my apartment, but if yeah. I do get things framed, you know, when we, when we when
1: we have there. real 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 estate, we can make holes in the walls.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am so unsentimental. Like my apartment is still all white. I have like some tinigui like hanging on my wall that used to just be taped up. And then I found like some little hanging frames. Um, but otherwise not. I have like a calendar, like real. I'm so, so not about the sentimental. You
1: got got what you need. You got what you need. Calendar. What do do we have coming up this month?
0: (laughs) Yes. Right. And then I barely look at it and it'll be like a week into the next month. I'm like, oh, I need to change this. Uh, but Sarah, so but, thank you so much for sharing your, uh, your journey of dating and apps uh, and love
1: Dating in apps Japan.: and Yeah, my I, app journey was super successful,
0: but <laughs> didn't meet your, you, you, you did not reconnect with your husband on the apps, did you, before no. he moved? You two just had known we were, each other from we we when were you studied abroad. In touch.
1: Yeah. yeah. was we always in
0: touch. I was going to say that <laughs> would have been truly. Truly some icing on a cake. It's like, oh, and then we we were always friends, and then we swiped on each other. And so we we're like, well, maybe oh we'll God. give it a go. <laughs> but um, so now I think uh it's time for us to play a little game. Ooh. So I know that you have prepared a few Japanese phrases. And yes. or uh yeah. so you uh will t- you will read those and I will make my attempts. Based on my horribly, horribly, horribly atrophied Japanese, to even begin to guess what you're saying?
1: Okay, so first one is we'll start off, we'll start off easier, I hope. Oh, no, Sarah, don't do that to me. (laughs) Sorry. The first one is so if you want to. Meeting with someone in Japan, you should probably ask this question. Oh. And it is, Oikutsu desu ka? Oh no. In Japan, you know, everyone looks really young. Ages oh, how old are you? 15. Yes. <laughs>
0: okay oh oh my god mm. that is an important question to ask because i will say i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but the last time i was in japan for your uh second wedding i met a friend of a friend i was staying with them, um, uh like a mutual a good friend of yours and like someone i had met on a previous trip um him and his boyfriend were renting out a spare room on airbnb and so they were kind enough to, like, take me out a few times, and I met a friend of theirs, and he, we were talking about, who's also gay, we were talking about hooking up in Japan, and he said, oh, no, you need to hook up with high school students because they're fit, because they do all the sports.
1: <laughs> and I was like, oop. It's true. It, it's it's true, but. <laughs> Ooh, oh, okay.
0: So, uh, it's not- yeah, could." I don't know what the age of consent is in Japan.
1: 13.
0: The age of consent is 13?
1: Yes.
0: Oh, that's problematic.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That seems very like European, actually. uh, Yes. That's mm. you should mention. I was gonna say that the the man who said hook up with high schoolers, he was European.
1: Oh no. <laughs>
0: so, but I was like, ooh, oh uh, mm. All right. That's yes. Okay, thirteen is the oh that's so so off putting. Yep. Wonderful. All right, let's let's, yep. let's 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 move forward. Moving
1: on. Moving on to number two is uh dame uh, desu.
0: I don't want your name.
1: Ah, uh, close. Nama. Well, oh, dame. Nama. Nama, Nama. Nama. Nama is Japanese slang. We were talking about this before. How Japanese guys don't like to <laughs> uh, use condoms? Use condoms, yes.
0: No con- oh, oh, Nama is a for- slang for condom.
1: Nama is slang for like raw dogging.
0: Oh, oh, so don't so we need a condom. yeah Oh. that says. Oh. Well, okay. Cause I heard like Namawa and I was like, name I was like, I want it to be anonymous. I was like, ooh.
1: <laughs> <alerty>. <laughs> Flirty. Flirty. Oh,
0: Namawad. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Okay. Number three. Oh, which one should we do? Flirtier or sexier?
0: Ooh, uh, let's do something
1: flirty. Flirty. Flirty, flirty, flirty. Okay. Flirty. Okay, this is a question you're going to ask. want to ask someone who you want to go out with.
0: Okay. 付き合ってくれない?
1: Oh, I'll say it one more time.
0: Oh, I don't know. Have... Oh no. Oh, oh. Yeah, I have no idea.
1: Okay, so that's like 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 wanna hang out or you wanna you wanna date you wanna go out?
0: Oh. So and that has like the connotation of like dating. Yeah. More so than just like a friend.
1: Oh yes. And you that's know. another thing here. You have to you explicitly have to ask that. Like if you wanna date someone. Like if oh. you don't don't ask them or if you don't ask like please go out with me then you're not dating
0: <laughs> oh so like there's none of that so do people end up in where you don't use that and people are like oh people will not even be in that will are we are we not Phrase? they'll just be like nope we're just friends yes oh. or,
1: or we're yeah we're just hooking up
0: oh you didn't so ask that- me
1: out didn't ask me uh-huh.
0: out so. <laughs> so, so you haven't made it official we're not yeah. dating
1: we're not official
0: oh so when did when did your husband ask you this
1: actually funny story he did it he like ah! <laughs> i heard him talking to one of his friends on the phone and he called me his girlfriend and i was like whoa 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're official and he was like yeah we're, we're living together <laughs>
0: I mean, really, Sarah, you should have known.
1: <laughs> I should have known. No, this is, a, this is when we've been living together for like a week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you were like, uh, you were crashing here. Okay.
1: <laughs> but no. I was like, okay. And then he was like, aren't we dating? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, um, Sure. I was like, no, you're just you're just my hot cook. <laughs> right? It's
0: like, you know, I it's really the all the ingredients for a drama. Oh my God, why have you not pitched a drama about this? Amiki could be like your like could
1: be my your,
0: your supervisor <laughs> who's like advising you to give your hot live in cook like a chance and you're like, you know, the uptight career woman who's like, no, I can't do that, who's like slowly being softened by his you know, more gentle nature and approach to life. But then there's also like the hot write... co-worker.
1: I feel like you should write it. You should I write like it. That... We can, we can pitch it to Netflix Japan. They'll make anything.
0: I mean, I'm certain that that drama already exists in like a
1: thousand <laughs> different like,
0: <laughs> what, permutations.
1: What's, what's wrong with the thousand and first way?
0: There's nothing wrong. We need to make you, need to give you like a, like a, you need to be like an executive or something at like a, an, Traditionally masculine company, uh, a, a drama for the Me Too era, which probably does not exist in Japan, actually.
1: Actually, no, maybe, yeah, maybe not yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give it, it, give it it, it another year. Give it another year.
0: A drama to start the Me Too era in Japan.
1: Drama to start the Me Too era. Yeah. Okay. So, next one. All right. Let's make it a little spicier.
0: Ooh, all right. All right.
1: The next one is... So... I'm coming. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and... I
0: have watched enough Japanese porn to know that
1: one. And, and bonus, who is more likely to say it, man or woman?
0: <laughs> the man.
1: Yes. Yeah. Do you know what the woman would say? Arigato. Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah well yeah uh-huh. yeah we will say each uh, out oh
0: i have i don't know if i really have watched like straight japanese porn yeah, so. yeah, why,
1: why would you it's horrible <laughs> i mean i mean it, horrible not all horrible but you know there's some horrible japanese porn it's i women. mean japanese porn can be like so
0: i mean like kinky but like in like a degrading yeah
1: it's- it's it's like like, sometimes it's
0: hard to watch with like all men, but I'm like, like, girl, y'all really get off on the torture.
1: I I know, I know what you mean. Like I'm like, this is a kink that I didn't that I didn't want.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. It's. I
1: didn't. I didn't want. Listeners,
0: (laughs) please go online and find yourselves some Japanese porn. You know, gay, straight, whatever. It's truly wild, and this is just the porn with real people. Not even talking about like the random anime crap.
1: I didn't want. I didn't want this legacy.
0: It's like seared into your eyeballs. But then also you find yourself going back because you're like, well, damn, I'm learning things about myself I did not know.
1: Speaking of Japanese porn, I have a Japanese porn porn for you that Daisuke, my husband specifically recommended for this segment. And that is Sumata. Shimata? Sumata.
0: Sumata. Hmm. I don't even know what that means.
1: So mata is like the crotch or the groin.
0: Uh is it like uh I don't know, like uh ball torture?
1: Oh, no, nothing nothing so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what so, is it?
1: It is so Sumata is like it means like bare thighs and it means like so like fucking like someone's
0: thighs oh oh i do know what that is
1: i mean i don't know know if i knew that that term i don't know if i knew that term but like
0: yes i have like um
1: well done
0: i have heard of that yes when you don't want to actually have like penetrative sex you just like kind of lube up someone's thighs and they press them together and you fuck their thighs yes 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 Mm -hmm. oh well that was that was such a successful segment
1: oh thank you thank you Thank you Daisuke
0: for contributing. Yes. <laughs> yes, I don't think we said his I don't think we said his name until now. So Daisuke is Sarah's husband. So Oh, yes. Yeah. But uh, thank you Daisuke. Thank you Sarah, is there anything else you would like to say or share with our listeners?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of Daisuke, my husband, he's doing traditional Japanese machine embroidery.
0: Oh, yes, yes. He makes some, some gorgeous uh, yeah. pieces, like mainly um, like, uh, some jackets and things that are yeah, of a like, specific like, style to Yokohama, right?
1: Yeah, like track jackets that kind of originated in this area. And he is on Instagram at Johnagami Lab. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, please check it out and follow him. And that would be great.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I follow his art is amazing, super interesting, very funny too.
1: Yeah, it's, sometimes it's all, it's all all very wild. At, <laughs> uh,
0: at John Agami Lab, John like the first name John A. Gami G A M I
1: underbar uh, Lab.
0: Yes. Uh great. Yes, I want follow him. It's uh very fun. Hopefully, you know, need to tell Desgate to set up an online
1: store. Yeah, well, we're working on it. We are. Oh,
0: working great. On well,
1: it. yeah.
0: I'm excited cuz you know, I would love a piece. Also, you know, bespoke fashion. I live in New York. I love fashion and, you know, no one's going to have a jacket like hit like uh one that he's done because also hardly anyone is doing this embroidery anymore. So
1: True. So get your order in before he's famous and you can't afford it. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you know, I would hope that our friendship would afford <laughs> be certain privileges even after that day comes, but I guess we'll just see. <laughs> well, again, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me all the way from Japan.
1: And thank
0: you uh, for Daisuke for helping out the game. Um, Thank you to our listeners. Uh, Please remember to like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, You can find us online at theafterglowshow.com, on Instagram, at theafterglowshow, Twitter, at showafterglow, and you can drop us an email at theafterglowshowpod at gmail.com. Tell your friends... Write in. We're willing to answer questions, repeat stories. If you would like to remain anonymous, you can remain anonymous. Um, And until next time, listeners, stay safe.